Welcome to r slash today I effed up where a guy accidentally destroys a marriage. Happened an hour ago on lunch, so a real today I effed up for you guys. On Wednesday, our department head takes everyone out for a long lunch. It's a special time we all look forward to in our boring 45 hour work week. It's normal to carpool all together and naturally I drive my two friend coworkers each time. However, this week we have a new hire just out of grad school. We'll call her Sarah. She's quickly picking up the pace with the rest of the office and settling in nicely. While everyone is leaving the office for lunch, I offer her a ride in my car with the other two and she agrees and hops in the passenger seat. Now, here's where the first F up happens. While on the way to the restaurant, Sarah is picking up on the group dynamic and tagging in on some good banter. Everything is going smooth, and then, while crossing into an intersection, the car in front of us gets swiped by someone who thought they could make the right turn in time. Traffic comes to a halt, and I slam on the brakes, and in doing so, reach out to my right to stop her from flying forward. I check to see we're all good, and everyone is okay, while realizing I am currently full-on honking Sarah's right knocker. My words start to trail off. Dang, I hope everyone is okay. That kind of sentence that time slows down in, yeah. Amazingly, she laughs it off and says not to worry about it, that I was just reacting to the situation. For the next few minutes, the car was silent until Sarah said, That's funny, I haven't had that much action in a while. Which eased the mood and the car all laughed. And F up number two comes from my stupid self saying, Ah, well, we all have our dry spells. Something I thought was innocent enough, but still playing along with the banter we all had going earlier. She goes quiet, and the rest of the car starts chatting again. We get to lunch, and everything seems okay, but Sarah is a little off and not as bright or talkative as she was in the morning, so I ask what's up. She told me she was a little uneasy at my comment in the car. I instantly apologized, saying I had no reason to talk about her sexuality in her private life and that I was sorry. She said she didn't care about that and that it was fine. It's just that it reminded her of the anniversary of her husband's death coming up next month. My heart sunk. I had completely forgotten about her husband. I felt so bad, I instantly started apologizing for everything in the world. I felt horrible. My friend overheard this and just was white in the face. He seemed mortified to even watch this conversation. Sarah ended up going home early about 15 minutes ago, but stopped by my desk to tell me not to worry about anything from lunch. I feel so horrible that I've just been sitting here unproductive writing a Reddit post to cope with it. Please, Reddit, help me feel a little better. Too long, didn't read. I yanked a widow's titty. <laughs> Of all the Reddit posts I've ever read, I think this is the best TLDR I've ever seen. Our next Reddit post is from Duck Fluff. About three weeks ago, I began preparations to get a nice gift from my boyfriend, who I'll call Ray, to celebrate four years of dating. We live in a terribly humid place, and all summer he's been complaining about how sweaty his butt and balls get whenever he goes outside. He's been buying the same brand of cotton boxer briefs since we started dating. I thought it would be a nice homage to our great relationship, a great way to take care of the butt I get to squeeze on the regular, to splurge on a male subscription service to some silky micromodal underwear. They're pricey, but known for being wicking, cooling, and overall very nice on the buns and balls. 
I ordered the first pair to present to him on the day of and set up for a pair to be delivered monthly thereafter. I used his email on the sign up so that I could simply pass on the account to him after the first pair came. That way, he'd have full power to pick his colors and style every month and easily return any if there were unexpected problems. One small problem. The receipt for this whole transaction is now resting in his email where he can find it and spoil my surprise. I sneakily hacked into his computer while he was out, by which I mean I entered the password he shared with me because he foolishly trusts me not to wreck his stuff, and opened up his email. I simply archived the existing emails and set it up so that the future emails from the company would be auto-marked as read and archived as well. I know how to do this because I'm a brilliant hacker. I googled it. While carefully double checking my devious work just to ensure nothing slipped through the cracks, a new email pinged on arrival and caught my attention. A shipping confirmation for an engagement ring. I immediately noped off his computer and of course I didn't open the email, but the damage is done. Secrets out. My heart fell right through my butt you guys. I actually died and now I'm a ghost writing this. I probably should have pretended I never saw that and taken the secret to my grave, but I was too pumped and couldn't keep it in. Within the hour, I broke down and called Ray to sheepishly confess what I'd done. He wasn't angry, but sadly disappointed that I spoiled the surprise. Here's the kicker, he didn't actually propose yet and still intends to make a thing of it. My punishment for snooping <laughs> is that the suspense is killing me. I've been forbidden from telling anyone that we're getting engaged until it's officiated. Every time we go out, the suspense that this may be the night drives me crazy. A romantic date at the beach together evening ended with me saying, dang, I thought for sure we were getting engaged tonight. Why would you think I'm going to propose to you? He said. That sounds like something you wouldn't know about because I'd keep it secret in my personal email. Now, he started intermittently faking me out. The other day, he walked into the kitchen and presented me with a little hinge box, which turned out to contain a tie pin from his work. <laughs> he keeps getting down on one knee, looking up at me and saying, gotta tie this shoe. The emotional stress of keeping this exciting secret within me, not sharing it with coworkers or family or anyone, is maddening. Every false start sends my heart right back into my butt. <laughs> One more thing, I somehow screwed up the email setting. The shipping confirmation for the underwear didn't get archived on arrival and he saw it within a few hours. So that surprise got spoiled too. Turns out I'm not a master hacker and my attempts have only brought woe into this house. I guess it's not all bad. He reports that the pair of boxer briefs that arrived are very nice to wear and I do indeed enjoy squeezing his buns in them. If we ever do actually get married, it'll be nice to be hitched to a guy with sweet, silky buns and balls. Our next Reddit post is from Dyslexia. This happened last summer. We're on a road trip from New Mexico to Mexico. We have a Honda Element converted for living in, so I crawl in the back to nap while he's driving. He stops at a gas station in the desert of Arizona, and while he's pumping, I get out to use the bathroom. Come back out, don't see him, and walk around the parking lot to have a look. I jokingly think to myself that maybe he drove off not knowing that I got out to use the restroom, but brush that off. I sit on a bench outside twiddling my thumbs, realizing this may now actually be the case. I reach for my phone to call him, but of course, my phone is in the car. 
I go back inside to ask the cashier to use their phone, but she says they don't have one. Obviously they do, but whatever. So I start asking random people in the store to use their phone, which makes people visibly uncomfortable because we're in the middle of nowhere and they think I'll steal it, I guess. I go back outside and continue asking strangers for their phone. I realize I don't know my boyfriend's number by heart, so I just call my phone repeatedly, hoping he'll answer. He doesn't. I use one person's phone to log into my Facebook to find my boyfriend's number, but alas, his phone is dead when I call. I resort to explaining to everyone whose phone I asked to use my situation. Some don't believe me, others feel really bad, and one man offered to buy me a hotel room for the night in the next town over, thinking that my boyfriend left me on purpose and I was just being modest. <laughs> it's been about two hours now. The store clerks through the windows have been looking at me suspiciously <laughs> for a while. I'm still sitting on the bench in the desert and have no idea what to do and start bawling my eyes out. A cop car pulls up and the officer comes to me and lets me know the store clerks called them because I've been loitering, haggling people for phones outside of their store and crying. I explain my situation and she's as confused and sympathetic as all the other people. She tells me I can't stay there so she can either take me to a truck rest stop in the town over or go to the police station. I ask her to take me to the rest stop, although she's not convinced that my boyfriend legitimately left me there on accident. We're driving down the highway when, on her radio, another cop says he's at the gas station and there's a guy there looking for his girlfriend. I just crack up and she does too, flips the car around and takes me back. And there, my boyfriend is standing outside of his car, banging on the windows and nearly crying because he couldn't believe he'd actually done that. He said he was passing some really cool scenery far into the drive and went to wake me up to see too when he realized I wasn't in the car. Flipped it around and drove faster than he's ever driven in his life to get back to the gas station. And that he wondered why so many people kept calling me but didn't feel comfortable answering my phone. He thought for sure that was the end of our relationship and the trip was ruined. What I can't get over is how the gas station employees managed to dial 911 without a phone. Hmm. Our next Reddit post is from Eat Broccoli, Not Booty. So I sometimes drive for rideshare companies to make extra cash and keep me off the couch. I live in a touristy area that booms during summer months and vacation rental homes are common. So common that I sometimes do pickups and drop-offs at the same homes for different people week to week, and family slash friend groups of people renting the homes are the norm. One particular day, I dropped a guy off at a beautiful home near the beach that I had picked a guy up from just an hour or two prior. So as we arrive, I mention this to the writer. Hey, I just picked up one of your buddies from here about an hour ago. The writer says, no, must be the wrong house. Nope, he walked right out of that side door. I dropped him off at a local bar. His girlfriend is still in there though. She stayed behind. I had seen her kiss him goodbye at the door, but didn't mention this to the writer. You guys having a family friend vacation? This is a family owned home. It's been in my family for years and we don't rent it out. Nobody lives here but me and my wife and I've been in New York for work for the past four days. Awkward silence as we both come to the realization. He got out and I drove away, scolding myself for having such a big mouth. Dude, that's not a today I effed up. You're a hero. You're sparing that dude years, potentially decades of being cheated on. He was bound to find out eventually. Our next Reddit post is from Femboy Fatal. And if you can't already tell from the username, OP is a male. 
I know Reddit is going to give me a lot of hate for this. This morning, I was feeling super romantic and really wanted to hook up with a local guy to give him passionate kissing. So I got to talking with a guy and even though he was a lot older, like late 30s, mid 40s, he had a great bod and a great member. So I said what the heck and invited him to my hotel room. After 45 minutes to an hour of fun, I thought I'd never see this dude again because I'm flying home this afternoon, right now. Wrong. I went to the gate when they started boarding. Guess who was pre-boarding with his wife and children? You guessed it. To make matters worse, they're just a couple of rows from me and I can hear all their conversations. I'm in the plane right now and he keeps texting. I'm saving screenshots in case I need them in the future. I'm sitting here wondering how he was able to get away from his family that long. He was staying at the same hotel, which now just dawned on me because he made it to my room super fast. This is so uncomfortable. Edit, I'm male, the wife does not know. He texted me in the plane asking me to keep quiet and then also wanted to stay in touch and text me later because he now knows we live in the same city. And yes, you bet I saved that screenshot. Saved it on the phone, on the cloud, on emails to myself. <laughs> so I looked through Reddit for a post that went like, today I effed up by having a gay affair before I went on my flight, but unfortunately I couldn't find a post like that. Today I effed up by going to bed drunk. So last night I went out as I do every Saturday. When I got there, I met up with my friends and started the night with a couple of beers, but ended the night with a bit more than I could handle. After that, I went straight home and instantly fell asleep on the couch as I was trying to lay down on it just to rest for a moment. I woke up at around 5 today and my right arm felt a bit weird. It was cold and I couldn't move it at all. At first I didn't panic at all because this has happened to me before because I sometimes sleep with my arm under my head. However, today I slept with my arm under the side of my body. I've got a little over 100 kilograms or 220 pounds with my back against the backrest of the couch. After about 20 minutes of relaxing and massaging my arm with little to no signs of improvements, I woke up my parents. And after I explained my situation, my mom, who's a doctor, suggested we go to the hospital immediately. During my two hour stay at the hospital, the arm became significantly better as the time went on. However, my fingers and my wrist, not nearly as much as my fingers, but it still felt a bit off, movement were problematic. After getting some tests done on the arm nerves, which I hope I never do again, I waited for the results. A little over an hour passes and the doctor came back with the results. It appears that I've done damage to a nerve with my hip while I was asleep and will most likely never be able to fully contract my right hand fingers. I'm right handed. At first, the doctor didn't know how I managed to fall asleep in such an uncomfortable position, but after I told him what I've done the night before, he told me that this is a common thing, but that it usually doesn't end up this badly. Now I'm sitting at home writing this one-handed on my phone, contemplating life just because of two beers too much. So as I was making myself breakfast this morning, I, for some reason, started wondering what would happen if I touched one of those glowing wires inside the toaster while it was on. Being the very intelligent man I am, I, of course, didn't want to touch it with my bare hands. I instead took a fork out of the drawer and, without thinking, stuck it right into the toaster. A small bolt of electricity shot up from the toaster and the toaster shut itself off. 
The worst part is I still didn't realize what I had actually just done. I just thought, uh-huh, whatever, and put the fork back into the drawer. As I grabbed the bread, it clicked on me that there was a current running through the wires and that I had almost electrocuted myself. Maybe I was saved by my other hand not being on the dishwashing table, which is made of metal. If I had been leaning against the tabletop to reach the toaster better, I would have gotten an electric shock. I haven't told anyone yet, and I don't think I will. Well, except the 45,000 people on Reddit and 1.1 million people on YouTube. Our next Reddit post is from Cosmic68. So this literally just happened 30 minutes ago. I would freely and happily admit if I tried this on purpose as a warning to others, but legitimately screwed up here. I came with a couple of friends for the weekend to Amsterdam for a birthday. It's a great city, pretty to look at, and loads of fun. I'm sure most people know the Dutch have decriminalized the use of weed and you can visit coffee shops and buy and smoke joints. Had a fun party night last night in town. Went to some coffee shops, got stoned, went to some bars, danced at a club. Had a great night, but only a couple of hours of sleep. I was in a rush packing this morning because I slept through the alarm. So I put on last night's jeans with a joint in a plastic tube in the pocket, left over from last night. I got to the airport in reasonable time considering I slept through the alarm. I rushed through security when suddenly this hideous sensation of my stomach dropping like in a falling lift. Did I ditch that joint? At this stage, my rucksack is going through the scanner and the airport staff are guiding me through a body scanner tube that you stand still in with your hands in the air while something revolves around you. Sir, do you have anything in your pockets? Says the customs lady as she steers me towards the body scanner. Holy effing shoot. What to do? I'm still not 100% at this point if there was a joint in my pocket or not. Do I come clean? No, way too late for that. Gotta try to style this out as my pocket might actually be empty. I go to the tube, put my hands up, and get scanned no problem. But the airport's policy, possibly because of weed, frisk everyone as soon as they're out of the scan tube. I'm asked to put my hands in the air again as an airport guy starts to frisk intensely all over. I'm sweating bullets and my scrambled mind is trying to remember the hazy details of last night's outing. Did I smoke that joint? The airport guy's hands pat my pocket. I feel an object being pressed into my hip. Oh no. Sir, empty your pockets please, says the airport guy. My partner in the meantime has passed security and is watching on. In slow motion, I see the penny drop on his face. I dig into that weird front mini pocket and pull out a small joint in a plastic tube as sold in coffee shops out of my pocket. Audible gasps come from the other passengers in the queue behind me. I feel my face turning almighty red and feel the room getting a bit spinny. I'm dying inside. I say to the pat down guy, oh god, I'm really sorry. I forgot that was in there. Haha, <laughs> sure, sure, that's what they all say, laughs the airport pat down guy loudly. I'm placed to one side. Custom security is called over. It was a nerve shredding 30 minutes before he turned up. 
Just gonna take this moment and opportunity to say that the Dutch are a freaking fabulous bunch of people. The customs man comes over and takes one look at me quivering and near to tears and says, Don't worry, sir. Don't look so scared. You're the 20th person today and you won't be the last. I'm sorry you have a government at home that is so restrictive, but unfortunately, I can't let you leave Amsterdam with this joint as you'll get in trouble at home. I almost wept with relief. I was made to sign a form to say he'd taken the joint off me, and that was it. I'm in a bar in Schiphol Airport in Amsterdam having a drink to steady my nerves. To all you Dutch, bless your hearts. You're the best. I'm sorry I was a hot mess and added to the problem of being a dumb freaking tourist. So the fact that this Dutch security guard confiscates like 50 joints a day makes me think that this guy has an unlimited free supply of weed for life. Talk about job benefits. Our next Reddit post is from Rimful. So today I sold my Bitcoin I bought two years ago. I spent like a hundred bucks on the investment or something. I cashed it out at Bitcoin ATM and brought it home. The first thing I did to celebrate was buy some edibles. I buy some edibles, eat a whole brownie, and am out of it. I order some pizza and take some money from my wad and put it in a pile on the table next to me. The total was like 20, so I put 23. Since I'm super high, when the pizza delivery girl knocks, I grab the wad of all the money, not the $23 stack. I give it to her and she starts crying. She keeps saying, are you sure? You don't know how much this is going to help me. Freaked out and high, I say, okay, and just rush inside. Right now after waking up being passed out, I realize what I've done. Gave away my bill money for this month, lol. Hey OP, look on the bright side. <laughs> From now on, you're gonna have the fastest pizza delivery drivers on planet Earth. Our next Reddit post is from Ocean Is My Space. I had been together with my girlfriend for almost four years. I proposed to her about a month ago. She said yes, and we were incredibly happy. Or so I thought. About three weeks after our proposal, I noticed she starts acting different. Not passionately hugging with me, looking away and down when we kiss. She had been spending way too much time, at least four days of Monday through Friday each week, with her coworkers drinking beer after work, driving home drunk, and often pretty late. I went to a few of these gatherings, but didn't really enjoy getting slammed on a Monday night when I have to work the next day, so I often opted out. We would also share our Google location with each other at all times, mostly because she traveled to sketchy places for work, and I would regularly go on trails, so it helped each of us know the other was safe. I looked at her location one day, and it was turned off. I texted her about it, and she said that she kept receiving notifications about it, so she had turned it off. Hadn't been a problem for the past year. She turned it back on and it was off again the next day. She also had two phones, a personal and a work phone, and she would keep both with her at all times. I only had the location for the personal phone. Eventually, she stopped using her personal phone and only used the work phone. Two days ago, about a month after the proposal, I decided to snoop because my suspicion was at its highest and I just wanted to put it to rest. 
I used her computer to log into her Gmail account and looked at her timeline. She had been going to an address across town about 10 times in the past two weeks. I called her immediately because she said she was at the office finishing up some work that was due the next day. She said she was at work, but leaving to go to the grocery store, which she then did. I waited until she got home and confronted her about it. She said she had been meeting a guy from work just to talk and hang out, but she didn't want to tell me because she thought I would get mad. Turns out she met him for the first time about two days after the proposal and started seeing him at his house within that week. I kept prying, asking her more questions. She told me that they had only kissed twice. Then it turned into they had made out and she denied every accusation of sleeping with him every time I asked. The next day, when I got home from work, I asked to see her phone to read the messages between the two of them. She said she deleted them. So I said I wanted to look at it anyways, just to be sure. I started recovering the data from the last backup. She sat down beside me while I was doing it and asked what I was doing. I told her and the look of panic in her face was real. So she starts talking about feelings and all this other garbage while the phone is recovering. I asked her one last time, before I look at this, is there anything you want to tell me? She was silent. I asked flat out, did you sleep with him? And she said yes. Turns out that she had met with him almost every day, starting about eight days after the proposal and had passionately hugged with him most of those. Funny enough, the data recovery didn't even work, so that's a win, I guess. Planning on moving my stuff out later this week to a new place. Haven't told her yet. Still, can't believe she started cheating on me less than two weeks after she said yes to my proposal, and even more so with someone she met a few days after the proposal. Feel sucky, but I'm keeping my head up. OP, you didn't F up. You saved yourself. You are so lucky that you found this before you got married. I say dump that cheater and never look back. Our next Reddit post is from Landlord Passionate Hugger 43. And for context on this next post, OP is a male. Okay, so this happened over the weekend and today. On Friday, I went to view an apartment. I had talked to the landlord on the phone and was seeing the apartment with a super. So I see the apartment, everything's great. I get an application, fill it all out and email it to the landlord. I get a call from him a few hours later, just going over the details of my application and he offers me the appointment. I'm going to go in on Monday and sign the lease. Okay, so now it's Saturday night and I'm just swiping through Tinder and match with a cute guy, mid thirties, I'm 20. Let's call him Steve. He messaged me, we flirt. He comes over to my place. We have mediocre passionate hugging at best, then he leaves to go home. So Monday rolls around and I go to the apartment building to sign the lease and tie up any loose ends. I walk up the building and Steve is standing outside with a woman and I see he has some papers in his hands. The woman waves to me and introduces herself as Steve's wife. Steve looks totally chill while I'm freaking out inside but trying to remain calm. I did not sign up for this. Anyway, I feel bad for his wife and I feel like a horrible person even though I had no idea that he was married. 
Can't wait to live there for a whole year. <laughs> the most disturbing thing about this post is that OP's username is LandlordPassionateHugger43. So whatever happened to those other 42 people who passionately hug their landlords? Our next Reddit post is from Finn's Palio. To put things into perspective, I, a 20-year-old male, and my girlfriend, a 21-year-old female, had been dating together for four and a bit years. Typical high school sweethearts, we wanted to move away and start our own lives after college. We decided to spice things up a bit and open up our relationship a little. It was pretty much a joint decision, but looking back, she was kind of insistent on the whole passionate hugging is fun idea. She's on a night out with some friends when she phones me and asks if the whole open relationship thing is still cool. Explaining she's met a guy, a 24-year-old dude, and asks me to pay for a hotel because she wasn't working at the time. I agreed. I tell her to go for it, and she does. She texts me to say that she had a good night and that all was well. The week after, she mentions she's meeting up with this guy again. Wasn't expecting it, but I'm cool with it. Again, asks for me to pay for her hotel. A decision I would live to regret. She doesn't text me the entire night. Weird, but okay, maybe she's just having a good time. The next day, I receive a load of messages about how she needs a break from everything right now. Meeting this guy has apparently opened her eyes. A little more conversation and we're over. She's completely cut me out of her life. I check her Snapchat story and of course she's with him. I've heard from her friends that they're dating now. Too long, didn't read, agreed to an open relationship, basically paid for my girlfriend to find someone better and dump me. OP, I have two questions for you. One, why did you pay for the hotel room the first time? Two, why did you pay for the hotel room the second time? Our next Reddit post is from Long Hair Gray. So I've been spending a lot of time around dogs. I've recently been hired by friends' families and family friends to walk and watch their dogs. My Reddit is covered in dogs from various sources. My Facebook is solely dog pages and dog-related charities. Basically, everywhere I turn, I see dog. Not a bad life to live. Until yesterday. Yesterday I effed up, I know. I walked one of my mother's friend's dog to a dog-friendly pub and sat in the garden enjoying a drink in the sun. It wasn't very busy, with only a few other people sitting outside around me. It's hot. I've just walked in the sun for maybe 20 minutes, stupidly without water. I want to blame dehydration for this F up, but really, I know I'm just an idiot. A couple of young ladies are sitting a few tables away from me, talking and cooing over a pushchair. <laughs> My first thought is that in that pushchair is a dog. I don't know. It's a hot day and I've seen dogs in push chairs before. Maybe they didn't want its paws on hot tarmac. Maybe they're just a little extra. Regardless, the thought that babies exist didn't enter my tiny, stupid brain. As they got up to leave and walk by me, I decided to be a friendly fellow dog walker and looked up at them, uttered the words, what breed is it? And gestured towards the push chair. They looked very confused and slightly offended and proceeded to hurry away. It was a baby. 
a human baby. I'm so glad they took the traditional British approach of confused stare and silence. If they had said something, I think I would have disintegrated on the spot. It was a long walk home after that, and thankfully, I didn't pass any more pushchairs. OP, I sympathize. As a puppy owner, I sometimes forget that it's possible to have a conversation without the other person constantly interrupting you with barks and squeaks. And speaking of barks and squeaks, let's get straight into the r slash puppy bloopers. So Monday, dog. Do you mind? I'm trying to record. Look at your squeaky toy. Go over there. You chew it or whatever. So Monday rolls are. So Monday. Why do I bother? Dog, please. Can you just go take a nap or something? Go to literally anywhere else in the house and be noisy and it's fine. Dog, please. I'm working my job that pays the bills and buys you food and toys to gobble up and squeak. I'm in a bar, dog. You want cuddles? I can cuddle with you. Come here, come here, dog. 